from Novant Health Podcast listeners. I am Brandi Edwards, and this is In Good Health. In this episode, we are exploring the challenges with health and wellness in the Black community, specifically the mental health of Black men. I got the opportunity to attend an event called Barbershop Talk, hosted by the African American Male Wellness Initiative. For many in the Black community, barbershops are a sacred ground of sorts, where men can discuss topics that are deeply personal and sometimes taboo. The event provided a simulation of the barbershop experience, offering both barbers and mental health professionals to guide the conversation and responses rooted in support and understanding. Listen in as you hear excerpts from an interview with the organization's key organizer in Charlotte and Novant Health physician, Dr. Augustus Parker. So Dr. Parker, if you could tell me what precipitated the need to address mental health in the black community and what are the headlines and statistics driving this group's efforts? Well, uh, let me first start by saying it's one of the events that is kind of sponsored by the African-American Male Wellness Initiative. This initiative was, was started in 2004, actually in my hometown of Colum- my original hometown of Columbus, Ohio. And it, it came about as an awareness, uh, to raise awareness, in, particularly in the African-American community, about the health disparities that exist. Uh, as you probably know, um, people of color are disproportionately affected in terms of life, quality of life, as well as life expectancy. And we found, um, when we were looking at men's unemployment, particularly in communities of color, that we had an opportunity to not only uh, provide educational resources, but we had a, a captive where we could do some health studies. And through uh, Riverside Hospital and the Ohio State University and others, uh, we were able to look at that population of young men 17 to 30 years of age. And much to our chagrin, we found that uh, 90% of those young men had alarming numbers relative to high blood pressure, uh, high glucose levels, obesity, uh, BMI, things like that, that ultimately disproportionately affect their health and their longevity. So, um, you know, we've kind of leaned on the mantra that we've got to get young people to know their numbers, which is uh, those things I just mentioned, get active and get connected with a, mental, with a health professional. So we created in all the other cities that we participate in something called Barbershop Talk. And I think you alluded to the fact that uh, there's some statistics including that I think one in six Americans suffer from some degree of mental health. And yet, uh, in the particularly the African-American Hispanic community, it's all more telling that only 20% compared to 40% of Caucasians, only 20% seek help from uh, professional help from uh, healthcare providers. So you see the need there and the need to not only raise awareness, but put that in a space where people of color feel comfortable getting healthcare. That's, that's a great segue. I, I would love for you as a, a black female, I don't know that I've necessarily gotten the flavor of a, a barbershop experience to the degree that a black male would. So um, could you share a little bit about what that experience is like and, and why that environment feels so comfortable for black males to touch on topics like this that are, that are so important and oftentimes are overlooked? 
Yeah, that's that's a great uh, uh, point, Brandy. That I think um, let's establish and, and recognize that there's a lot of mistrust in the African American community, in particular when it comes to health care. There's a mistrust that's been uh, born out of historical uh, situations, and I won't go through all those, but the the one that everybody talks about, for example, is the Tuskegee uh, syphilis uh, uh, testing and treatment, or lack thereof, for uh, African Americans. And there are no, numerous other uh, cited examples of why there's mistrust in institutions that uh, patients may feel they're being experimented on or not given adequate treatment. And then there's a natural uh, unconscious racial bias in terms of how majority practitioners may treat uh, people of color. Um, and then there's the fear of, of uh, the stigma that goes along with mental health issues, uh, the stigma of being different or that you're weak or sometimes defective. And we tend uh, to put those people aside, disassociate ourselves. And who wants to be isolated and disassociated? Uh, then you, so the barbershop is an environment that we kind of look on as the black country club, where, as you mentioned earlier, all kinds of things are discussed there. It's somewhat not only a physical need to have grooming done, but it also for young black men is a rite of passage. It's an opportunity where things are discussed in a very open format, sometimes a humorous format, social, political, sexual, and religion, all kind of things are discussed in a very comfortable environment where there are people there that look and reflect who you are in the community, which makes it a very uh, engaging environment. Yeah, I can, I can see that now. And I think the event was so powerful because you did such a good job of simulating that environment. Um, I could tell from the responses that the participants did feel comfortable and there was a need to have um, folks that look like them, as you say, to be able to guide them um, in understanding specifically around the topics that we were discussing in terms of mental health or health in general. So kudos to you all. It was really, really impactful. Yeah, let me just say that, that I think that environment uh, that we tried to simulate um, takes away some of the stigma from uh, going into a healthcare environment. I mean, oftentimes, as I said, you're looked on as weak. And in the, in the African-American community in particular, sometimes we try and resolve medical issues with uh, religion or that you're not tough enough so you remain silent on things. And so it doesn't give you an opportunity to have free flow of information in a, in a comfortable way. So that being said, when those discussions take place about health care and uh, those sorts of mental health issues in the barbershop setting, you may not be getting the best professional information that you really need or the resources of where to go and how to access that information. So we tried to pair uh, not only barbers and patrons of barbershops, but also mental health professionals that were uh, look like and were reflective of the community. And that combination seemed to spark tremendous, great dialogue and an avenue for to open them up 
to resources that they might be able to seek out for, for better help. Thought it was great that women were welcomed and that they had a space as well, almost like a beauty shop, if you will, to be able to talk um, about things like communication and understanding, you know, some of the trials and tribulations that black men experience in their walk. Um, and so can you tell me a little bit about how women are engaged with the African-American Male Wellness Initiative and what types of support you encourage? Well, one of the things that we always try and do is not exclude anyone. Uh, but relative to how women have been supportive of the, the event, uh, they come in droves to our events around the country and uh, the women will drive the men there. And, and we, we jokingly say sometimes if you're looking for a good man or a good woman, you can find them at our, our <laughs> events. Uh, but they're in on the planning, the execution, as well as the necessary dialogue that needs to be created uh, in terms of relationships. Uh, the women have their separate room uh, and because we wanted men to be able to talk about their relationships with women and children and their co-workers and things like that. And then hopefully we have those opportunities to come back together to see how we can work as partners to resolve those issues and support each other. I think in, in terms of health care, a lot of times uh, women do drive uh, that narrative because men are taught to be so tough and uh, so we sometimes say men won't go to the a healthcare provider and something unless something's rotten or falling off and <laughs> and women uh, are much more engaged in proactive health care and it's almost born out of necessity uh, women's first engagement is oftentimes through uh, childbearing or trying to prevent childbearing so they go to the gynecologist and they get used to going every year well men don't have that same kind of narrative that engages them early on in health care so they don't go to the doctor annually they wait until something's wrong and that sometimes delays diagnosis and treatment and uh, decreases their quality of life and longevity. You know I, I can certainly appreciate the level of awareness that you all are creating and the resources that you all are connecting people with to address these issues. Um, I know moving forward if this isn't fully addressed or fully realized that the community can really suffer. And I'm just wondering if you could paint a picture of what the impact would be um, if we don't start to take some of these warning signs seriously around health and disease in the black community. Well, I'll start with saying that on, on the exit, we had an, a survey that we conducted uh, that we asked all the participants to fill out. And the number one comment or question was, when is the next one? So I think that spoke very highly to That's the great. level of need and engagement or opportunity uh, to continue those, those kinds of dialogues. I think, you know, we always talk about how could we can improve health care, particularly in, in communities of color. And one of the first things that comes up is access to health care. Well, that certainly is, is a part of it. But the social determinants of health care are so important. And that, that I'm, by that I mean education, poverty, racism, unemployment, uh, all those things that create stressors that speak to the mental health aspect of health care. And until we, as a community, as hospital systems, as government, as private sector, work on the um, the social determinants of health care, 
uh, we're going to be challenged to improve it. So I think that we all have to work together to find uh, avenues to improve the social determinants and therefore elevate the opportunity for people to improve their health care. We have our culminating event uh, coming up November 2nd, uh, uh, 3400 Beatty's Ford Road, and that is an official 5K run, walk, health screening, entertainment event. And that is so important. We want to encourage everybody to come out. There'll be free health screenings uh, as well as resources. We hope to have about 50 to 100 different vendors. And uh, we won't be selling beads and trinkets. We'll be providing uh, uh, avenues for educational resources and health-related um, opportunities. Uh, we hope to have entertainment there. So it's a family affair. This is an important conversation and interestingly, a microcosm of dialogue surrounding a growing concern about health and wellness within the black community. According to the Health and Human Services Office on Minority Health, African Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. Common mental health disorders among African Americans include major depression, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicide, specifically among young African-American men. Talking about it is a good start to help anyone with mental health challenges. I want to thank the African-American Male Wellness Initiative for their leadership of this important conversation in the community. For more information on this organization and their work, log on to www.aawalk.org. As always, thank you for listening to Novant Health Podcast. This is Brandy Edwards signing off for our series, In Good Health. Thank you.